back, everybody. It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study time. Before we do so, we have text messages to go through. We want to hear about what you had to say in the first half of the show. And we also have another question for our quiz. First John 1 John 1.1, with what three senses did the writer experience the word of life firsthand? So, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. Again, that question in First John 1 John 1.1, what three senses did the writer experience the word of life firsthand? hand and if you know the answer you go into the draw to win our prize for this week miracles and pitfalls amazing our amazing board game that we'll give to you absolutely for free that comes with the promise that eventually maybe one day if we ever get to your area we will play a game of this with you but you just have to answer that question correctly and then you will get your name in the draw every correct answer is a name in the draw but again that question was in first john 1 1 what are the what three senses did the writer experience the word of god or the word of life firsthand 0491 064 okay so heading into text messages now Lawson, i just got to ask a question while i've been away i'm just reading these text messages here and i'm wondering what's been going on while i've been gone have you been have you been defiling <laughs> faith fm breakfast show no have you been talking about mushrooms oh. on air yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Braden says, welcome back, Lyle. Good to have you back. Though we will miss being able to freely talk about mushrooms. You will miss that. Mm-hmm. You can no longer freely talk about mushrooms here on The Breakfast Show but we, we without being pulled both- out for... For we, discussing despicable things. We gave both sides the argument. We talked about mushrooms and how they're good for your health, but then we also talked about how Colorado had legalized psilocybin and you're allowed to take <laughs> illicit drugs and that's not good. So, you know, we're giving, we're this giving is, air is, to both is, sides of the argument. This is not balanced. Mm-hmm. Unbalanced reporting right here on Faith FM. I, I, I mean, hey, I've just got to call it out when you see it. Anyway, uh, Patricia, <laughs> Patricia says, good morning, boys. Good to hear your voices. Um, then we've got this interesting long one, actually, mm-hmm. uh, which relates to some research that I was doing while I was on my break, mm-hmm. as a, st- a study work break at the same time. This is to the Faith FM family. Uh, trust in the words of the Father and God the Son. Of God the Father and God the Son. Their spirit spoke together or individually at times Believe the written word, not the popular ideas of man. Seek truth in the word only. Theological practices, techniques have been corrupted by man. Jesuit teachings are alive and well amongst Protestants, particularly authors from all denominations, even some of our own. Sadly, this is why we need to seek the guidance of the Spirit of Jesus and the Spirit of the Father to discern the truth from errors in teachings we likely may have learned. Question everything and find answers in, in the belief of God's literal words, his words can be trusted. Amen. Love from George. Mm. Uh, love back towards you, George. You know, it's one of these interesting texts here where it's like, yeah, I can sit here and agree with everything that's said here, or I could sit here and disagree with everything that's been said. Mm. Because it's kind of not clearly defined. Mm. But I suspect this person is somebody who does not believe in the concept of the Godhead. Mm-hmm otherwise known as the Trinity. One of the interesting projects that I did um, when I was on study leave was uh, one of the books that we covered was the book of First John. Mm. And I wish I had the time here. Maybe one morning I'll make the time to be able to do this. But in First John, you've got what's called the Johannine comma. 
Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the Johannine comment? No idea. Johannine comment, you know, three that bear witness in heaven, mm. you know, the Father, Son, the, and, and the, the Father, Spirit, and the Word, and these three are one. Very, very famous passage. And most scholars just write it off based on the fact that most other scholars write it off without actually giving it critical study to look at reasons as to why it may or may not be there. And... Yeah, my lecture is just sort of like, yeah, you know, you're going to be disappointed because a lot of scholars are going to write this off and just moved on with the class. I'm like, where do you stand on this? And, of course, I'm doing this by distance, so I can't just put up my hand and ask a question because, you know, this is all online stuff. Mm. And so I'm like, well, let me do some critical research then. Mm. Did some critical research, found some absolutely fantastic, rock-solid evidence for including the Johannine comma in the Bible. Mm Mm-hmm. Stuff that I'd never seen before, and it's like, wow, you know what? That's actually really, really interesting. Mm. It was one of those passages where, you know, everybody's like, yeah, that one actually doesn't belong in the Bible. Well, you know, I would not write it off so quickly. Mm. But that's probably a discussion for another day. Um, and by the way, if you want to find out what the Roman Catholic Church believes in relationship to the Trinity, it's pretty much the same as most of the anti-trins that I run into, even mm. though they will be very strongly proclaim themselves as Trinitarian. Mm. Their version of Trinitarian is not a Godhead version. Yeah. It's actually, yeah, anyway. Uh, okay, so uh, Janelle says, Welcome back, Lyle. Did you get the kitchen finished? Answer is no. Uh, <laughs> that is amazing news about the Ibis. Thanks, Lawson. That was a, that, that story just blows my mind. Story. Ibis is, they've discovered that the, that the humble bin chicken who has learned to eat from bins mm. without killing itself and stabbing itself with needles and whatever else there might be in the bin has also now learned how to eat. detoxify cane toads and then eat them. Mm-hmm. Again. It's just, just like only a bin chicken could do that. Only, only <laughs> generations of eating from bins and surviving that That's right. could equip you to learn the skills to eat a cane toad. And where so many other birds and potential predators to cane toads have failed, the bin chickens have won. It's just, it's, it is an unprecedented victory for the greatest species of bird that has ever existed, apparently. Absolutely. Um, although there is somebody who's texted in to say that I've read articles about other birds such as kites and crows flipping toads over and avoiding the poison sacks on their backs, I guess just eating their guts. Yeah, but That's come not the on, same. I mean, on. the bin chicken, he just swallows the whole thing. He eats the whole – he takes it down to the river and washes it. Washes all the toxins off. Wow. He's genius. Mm. Uh, tongue-in-cheek response to the Time magazine lamenting dating trends. Oh, no. Oh, no. There are consequences for occasionally having sex with anyone and everyone. Oh, the shame of having to deal with those consequences. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, And then we've got uh, Raphael says, I forgot to mention that I... Raphael, I'm not reading any of your text messages anymore, ever again. Why? What do you mean? I forgot to mention that I love mushrooms. he's 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 off the nice list. He's on the naughty list. It's just, it's, it's, it's happening here. Let us know where you stand. We've done this before. <laughs> we've, we've done this before. The we, great we, mushroom debate. We, we've, we've done this poll before. You but know there won't be any mushrooms in heaven. Yeah, I know. So let's enjoy them. Because they grow in rotting material. Let's enjoy them while we're on earth. Rotting material is from death, so therefore there's no, I 
That's my sermon on mushrooms. Okay. Okay, welcome back, Lyle. You were missed. Hope you had a great day. You know what else won't be in heaven? What? Cars. How do you know? Prove it. Uh, well, which, which car is going to be burning fossil fuel? That is death. That is literally running on death. Hydrogen. Hydrogen cars. Yeah, there might be some kind of angelic vehicle, but there won't be. Lyle, you, the amount of times you come on here and say okay, okay, how, okay, okay, how okay, good okay. of a person you are because you're a vegetarian, you can drive a V8. So Elijah was caught up in a chariot of fire. Uh-huh. Do you think that that chariot was being drawn by horses or was it some kind of chariot that was technologically more advanced? Hmm. Could be. It could be, um, but it's not going to be running on fossil fuel and there's going to be no V8s in heaven and there's going to be, be no combustion engines either. And um, so if you, you use a combustion engine now, then no actually... Evidence, zero evidence for it. I absolutely have evidence. Fossil Look, fuels I will give you. There will be no fossil fuels in heaven. Or V8s. I, 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 or what? But, because if it's using like V8s... What about lithium? They can, you can have lithium in heaven. Uh, there will be okay. This is what we know will be in heaven. Uh-huh. There will be technology, absolutely, and we will create technology. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I don't. But know. But there's not going to be fossil comment. fuels, which is something you use now. And if you're really going to take this stance on mushrooms, if you're going to take this stance on mushrooms, you have to stop driving. Neither has entered into the heart of man the things that will be in heaven, guys. You- the listeners know what I'm saying. They agree with me that no. 100% they can see back the fault to, back in that to, logic. Back to, back to text messages here. <laughs> okay, the dating game. Wade versus Roe has been a game changer, obviously for the better. Great yeah. news. Yeah, I should, have, I should have actually done that. Time magazine is positively different news. <laughs> oh, no, we have to be responsible. Yeah. Um, abortion pills in question. The government-sponsored murder. They never give up. We haven't seen anything yet. And it's just bizarre, isn't it, the desperation that there is out there to uh, to be able to take innocent life. It just does my head in completely. New wave of COVID is about to hit us soon. More World Health Organization-sponsored terrorism. Oh, wow. See what happens with that one. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. One more text message. Did you know worldwide there are, as of 2021, one billion street cameras to control and watch the population? That is a world population of eight billion. One camera for every eight people. Mm. All of our friends listening on the Vast Network will be like, yeah, whatever. The Vast Network is Outback Australia. Yeah, they, they can't see me out here. <laughs> but you know what? If you go into the smallest town in, I mean, I've got a camera on my house. Yeah. You know, so there's, there are cameras anywhere. There are cameras watching you all the time. Dude, I literally say like, hey, Google, and my phone wakes up and tries to speak to me. It's listening. And it's only increasing. Mm. I, I will just say quickly, you know, we've been talking about Roe versus Wade and the effects on dating and whatnot and how, for some reason, what can be seen as, like, positive statistical change if behavior, uh, well, positive statistics regarding change of behavior, um, that people are viewing as negative. It's interesting, like, when it comes to the overturning of Roe versus Wade in general, like, the misunderstanding that people have regarding it. Like yes. what actually took place. I had this conversation with my with my sister and it was like, oh, so Roe versus Wade, what's the deal? And I'll give it to her. She's like not the most – she's very amazing and very smart, but she's not the most politically inclined person. Sure. But again, the media narrative is America's banned abortions because the, the Supreme Court hates 
women, whatever it may be. Um, and, and it's like, she asked me also, what do you think of Roe versus Wade? And I just quickly took the time to explain to her, oh, well, this is what, Ro- like, like, what do you think Roe versus Wade is? Like, that's the question. It's like, oh, so America's banned abortions. I'm like, no, 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 no. What Roe versus Wade is, is that the Supreme Court, who are responsible for interpreting the words of the Constitution, have basically said that that uh, abortion isn't in the Constitution. Yeah. Before the conclusion was abortion is in the Constitution under the Privacy Act. So the word abortion is not in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. But the interpretation was you're allowed to get an abortion according to the Privacy Act of the Constitution. But what Roe versus Wade has done has the overturning of Roe versus Wade is saying because the word abortion isn't in the Constitution, you don't have a right. You don't have a right to a federal right to get an abortion. Therefore, which, a state can make it illegal. That's right. A state can make so it illegal. They've legalized the illegalization. That's right, and it's interesting. And, and I'm like, if the Supreme Court, if lawmakers want to make abortion a federal right well then they just pass another amendment yes they just make another amendment to the constitution that literally says you can get an abortion but what roe versus wade was was saying that the privacy act does not include abortion that's right because it's just it's just simply not there and it can't be interpreted as such and it's interesting when like you have those conversations with people and they start to understand what's actually going on it's like oh wait this is less of a the american government hates me and blah, blah, blah kind of issue than it actually is. It's like, oh, this is about political wording rather than, you know, like, and, and again, because you have a government that is actually against the overturning of what the Supreme Court has done. Yes. But the Supreme Court being faithful to the text of the Constitution has said, well, we've made an assumption here that isn't actually what it means. That's right. And yes, it affects legislation, but it should affect legislation because the point is that you should follow what the Constitution says. And if you don't want to follow it, then you actually make an amendment and change it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what, that's what a, 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 a Republican democracy can do, change mm. their Constitution. Mm-hmm. Okay, a couple of last text messages real fast. Terrific story on child exploitation in Cambodia. Untold mm. millions worldwide. And to think those who actually got jobs are the lucky ones compared to those thrown into the sex industry. Mm. God bless Liz and restore one. So we're actually, um, yeah, I, I want to bring that, I want to bring that, um, that, that whole, I want to bring that whole subject back a little bit closer to Christmas and remind everybody about that. It's because it's a great opportunity to, to do something positive at Christmas time with restore one. Uh, look those guys up. And you can do, make a positive difference in our world. And Owen says, can you prove there will be no mushrooms in heaven? Mushrooms grow on the ground. It's fungi or poison mushrooms that grow on rotting stuff. Uh, I think fungi, I think all mushrooms are fungi. But yeah, mate, well. Oh! Uh, <laughs> it goes on, it goes on, it says. That's- prove it, Lyle. Prove the mushrooms won't be in heaven. Okay, we're going to get to our Bible study, but I'm just going to finish reading this. That's kind of like saying there will be no lions in heaven because they kill animals. Oh! <laughs> Owen says, I'm sure there will be mushrooms in heaven just for you, Lyle. Thanks, Owen. That is powerful. Thank you, listeners, for, val- <laughs> for validating the truth, <laughs> for getting to the bottom of this uh, debacle. Let's get into our Bible study. We need to jump in. We've got some amazing things we can talk about here um, as part of our Bible study this morning because we're not going to talk about mushrooms. We're going to talk about worms. <laughs> Bible study is all about worms. Let's go. Amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 42. Mark 9, verse 42. We're looking mm-hmm. at some challenging passages mm-hmm. uh, this week. 
And what do you do with some of these challenging passages? Yeah. Look at that challenging. Did you know pa- that there is a worm inside you? Really? There's a lot of people that believe that you have a worm inside you. Really? Yes. Why? Because of this? No, because of this passage. That's right. And what they believe, there's a lot of people believe that your soul is a worm. Huh. Okay, so let me let me just maybe give a little bit more um, background to a bit a little bit more context to that. They believe that the worm spoken of here is a metaphor for your soul. Wow, why would you use a worm as a metaphor for a soul? Mm-hmm. That's very very uh, Hellenistic. Mm, 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 mm. You know, you look at Greek culture where you know they believe that all life came from a primordial, evolved from a primordial soup, and the first visible forms of that were worms. Mm. And the worm is still inside you. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. And nah, also, nah, nah. how much the Bible goes to lengths to av- to avoid the mixing of like divine beings with animals. I mean, there is the one part in Ezekiel where it talks about the four living creatures and they, some you know, one looks like an eagle and, and whatnot. Yeah, but it's like, it's comparison. Yeah. It's not the same as. Whereas outside of that, the Bible is like, don't make idols of anything above or below or on the earth or any animal or any rock or sky or stars. Like, avoid at all costs equating anything divine and spiritual to anything, you know, fleshly. Not that flesh, like anything fleshly is wrong, but to completely avoid idolatry. Yes. That's the point. But, okay, we're in Mark 9, and where are we reading? Uh, Verse 42 is where we'll start. In Mark 9 and verse 42, the Bible says, But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for better to enter eternal life than one foot with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where the maggots never die and the fire never goes ah, out. Your translation is just more accurate. Okay. Sorry. It's better than mine. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> For the first time. It's actually, it's it's actually, actually better than mine. That being said, yes. it is, especially on this topic, what we've been seeing as we've been studying through. Dude, I had the Greek Bible out last week and we're looking at some of some of the passages, you know. To now, you've com- been doing Hebrew, Yeah, that's right? right. But I got Logos for free, so I can yeah. get, get the Greek in there as well. And, yeah, my Bible is, when it comes to, like, this particular topic in regards to death and hell, it's, like, schizophrenic in terms of its interpretation of what's being said. Mm. Like, like, it'll be, like, you know, the Bible will say, caught up to the Lord, you know, in the New King James. In the Greek, it'll literally have the words, like, catch, Lord, with... And then you read the the NLT, and it's like, and his soul came out of his body and went to God. And it's like, it's like, no, <laughs> that's, that's not, a lot of interpretation. That's not what the Bible says. But your NLT is actually more accurate. There, mine says this: um, If your foot offends you, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life having two feet than, sorry, it is better into life 
than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Yours says maggots, mine mm. says worms. Mm. I think worms just sounds more exciting, but mm-hmm. maggots is actually more accurate. Worms are, in, in my mind at least, more tolerable. Yes. Ma- like, dude, I feel sick, like, even thinking about that. Okay, so when we read this passage here, people will often bring out two main points. One is that the Bible speaks about unquenchable fire and that your worm does not die in the unquenchable fire. So your worm then must be a part of you, and they assume that to be the soul where, well, let's listen to a song and come back and talk about it in more detail. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we're talking about a challenging passage of Scripture, but before we get back into it, we have another question for our quiz. Okay. In the parable of Luke 16, what did the unjust steward do? Okay. Did he overcharge his employer's debtors? Did he, well, the unjust steward, did he steal uh, from his employee's debtors? Uh, Did he charge his employee's debtors less than they owed or did he destroy his employer's property? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna run this through through this again so it can be really clear. In the parable of Luke 16, did the unjust steward overcharge his employer's debtors? Did he steal from his employee's debtors? Did he charge his employee's debtors less than they owed? Or did he destroy his employer's property? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win miracles and pitfalls, the board game. Uh, we'll give it to you for free. You just have to win the draw to win the draw. You just have to answer these questions correctly and get in the draw. Again, in the parable of Luke 16, did the unjust steward overcharge his employee's debtors? Did he steal from his employee's debtors? Did he charge his employees' debtors less than they owed, or did he destroy his employer's property? 0491-064-669. Okay, if you know the answer, you know the number to call. Give us a call here and let us know there is a prize available for you. Let's get back into our Bible study. The Bible talks about that, and the Bible says, if your foot offends you, <clears throat> excuse me, cut it off, it is better for you to enter halt or maimed into life than having two feet to be thrown into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dies not, and the fire is not quenched. What is the Bible speaking about in this particular passage? And why does the Bible speak about your worm? Mm. I mean, what's this worm that we have? Mm -hmm. Well, the simple answer here is that the NLT is actually a better translation because it translates it as maggots, Mm -hmm. plural, or worms, plural, because in this passage, Jesus is quoting from an Old Testament passage, um, Isaiah chapter 66. Let's go over there very quickly. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 24, where it is talking about the dead and talking about the worms, and it speaks in of worms, plural. And sometimes, you know, when you have a translation from one language to another, this one is a translation from Hebrew into Greek, uh, going from Old Testament to New Testament. Some of these subtle nuances are easy to miss. All right, Isaiah 66, verse 24, please, Lawson. The Bible says, And as they go out, they will see the dead bodies of those who have rebelled against me. For the worms that devour them will never die, and the fire that burns them will never go out. All who pass by will view them with utter horror. Okay, my translation on this one is definitely better than yours. Mm-hmm. Because mine says that the, does not say that the fire will never go out. Mm-hmm. 
Mine says the fire will never be quenched. There's a difference between a fire that Absolutely. goes out and a fire that's been quenched. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says, They shall go forth and look on the carcass of the men that have transgressed against me, for their worms shall not die, neither shall the fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring to all flesh. Okay, a lot of people look at this passage and go, okay, this is the Bible speaks about hellfire right here. Uh, the Bible says that when you go to hellfire, you're going to burn eternally, and that your, that, the, the, that your worm is a metaphor for your soul. Uh, no, it's not a metaphor for your soul. When you look where Jesus is quoting from, it's worms plural. You don't have plural souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they will say, well, the fire's never going to be quenched, therefore it's going to burn forever. No. There's lots of fires that are never quenched. I've lit many fires in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm living for the first time in my life ever in a house that doesn't have a wood fire, and that is going to change at some particular point. Mm-hmm. But I've had lots of fires that have gone out that I've never quenched. Mm. To quench a fire means to put it out. Mm-hmm. For a fire to go out, you don't need to quench it. It just goes out because mm. it runs out of fuel. Mm. It's that simple. Uh, quenching involves a means of putting the fire out. You don't mm. have to have a means of putting a fire out for a fire to go out. Okay, uh, where are we going to next? Okay, the next thing that we've got to mention here in this passage in Mark chapter 9, it doesn't even mention hellfire. Mm. There's no mention of hell whatsoever at all. The word for hell in the Bible is the word Hades. That's from the Greek word, and it simply means the place of the dead, or Mm. Sheol in the Old Testament, which means the same thing. It's not a place of torment. It's not a place of life. Mm. It's the place of the dead. It's the grave. Mm -hmm. But Hades, Sheol, is not mentioned in this passage. This passage uses the word Gehenna, Mm -hmm. and it's translated as hell in Mm -hmm. so many different translations. Mm -hmm. You might be wondering, well, what is Gehenna? Do you know what Gehenna is? It's a crevice. It's a creek, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is a place where they throw stuff in and light it on fire. Exactly. It was the rubbish dump outside of Jerusalem. It was a valley, Mm. the Valley of Gehenna or Gehinnom. It was the the rubbish dip, great place to go and do archaeology these days Mm. because you find all kinds of artifacts in there. Uh, But it was, you know, you've got an agrarian society, so there are a lot of animals. Mm. You also have a society in which you have a fair amount of poverty and a lot of homeless people. And so when a homeless person died, they'd be thrown into the rubbish dump. Mm. They would be, when an animal died, you couldn't eat it because that was against Jewish law, so they'd throw it into the rubbish dump along with all of the other rubbish. And as we have here in society today, there were people whose job it was to tend the rubbish dump. And so, okay, when you get bodies that are thrown into Gehenna, into Mm. the rubbish dump, how do you deal with the body? Well, you set it aside. You let the worms eat it. Worms do their thing. The maggots, let the maggots do their thing. Mm-hmm. The body dries out and becomes highly flammable and you just throw it on the fire and it burns with everything else. Mm-hmm. And when you looked at Gehenna, Gehenna is a great illustration because Gehenna was something that was an illustration of two things at the same time. Mm. Number one, total destruction, mm. annihilation, nothing ever, ever was going to come out of there alive. Mm. And number two, everything is turned into ash. So it's turned into ash, it's annihilated, it's gone, it's over, it is destroyed. Oh, sorry, number two was, okay, it's two things that you have in Gehenna. Number one is you always have fire there mm. because you've got people who are tending the fires to keep Gehenna burning so you don't get a build-up of rubbish. You always have fire and you always have worms. Mm. Always maggots in Gehenna, 
always fire in Gehenna. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus looks at Gehenna and is like, well, you want to know what hellfire is like? It's like that over mm-hmm. there, Gehenna. Everything is burned to ash until it is totally gone. And I love the point, like, reading through Isaiah 66, getting to the last verse, verse 24, where Jesus quotes from in Mark chapter 9. And the beginning of the verse says, And as they go out, they will see dead bodies of those who have rebelled against me. So in this fire, this unquenchable fire, the people are not alive. They are dead. (laughs) Like, they're really dead. Because what happens when you burn a like a burner person that's alive, they will die probably. And I know that, that's not, a little bit is, graphic. But. Is, okay, but the other thing about Isaiah 66, this is not souls, is it? No. These are bodies. It's bodies. These yes. are bodies that have attracted maggots. Mm-hmm. A ghost is not going to attract maggots. Mm-mm. Yeah. That you, you look at this passage here and it's like, well, do you really need to be more clear than that? Yeah. And I, I just love it because it also supports just, what we see happen when people die, which is that they die and their body like decomposes, decomposes, and uh, yeah, you know, mostly we see that when animals die in mm. our society. Mm. Um, but there are places in the world where you will see dead bodies that have just been left. Mm. But yeah, I think Jesus quoting from here it it just makes it absolutely clear what he's trying to communicate, and that is not that oh yeah, you're going to be burning in hell for eternity your soul's going to be there yeah it doesn't communicate that at all it communicates entire destruction and annihilation you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different it is time for question of the day. Lawson, are you going to give us some answers for the quiz first? Absolutely. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, the next question there as evidence of taking a vow, Paul he shaved his head in Chantria. He just took everything off. Uh, how is a span message me- measured an outstretched hand from the tip of the th- thumb to the pinky? About 22 centimetres or 9 inches. That is a span. Don't give me centimetres. It's not even a measurement. 220 millimetres. 200 and, well, it would be 228.6 millimetres. Yeah. That, that's what it would be. 228.6. In John 1, 1, with what three senses did the writer experience the word of life firsthand? Hearing, sight, and touch. And finally, in the parable of Luke 16, the unjust steward charged his employer's debtors less than they owed. But right now, it has come time for... Question of the day. All right, love, we have a question from Karen, and Karen asks, how could a dead Jesus resurrect himself? It's a really good question. There are a couple of passages in the Bible that talk about this. If you go to, uh, let me see here, Mark chapter 8 and verse 31, the Bible says, For he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and after that he is killed. He will rise again the third day. It doesn't exactly say how he's going to rise again on the third day. Uh, the Bible talks about, uh, how the Father calls Jesus back from the dead. The Bible calls, talks about how the Holy Spirit resurrects Jesus. But over in the Gospel of John chapter 2, uh, the, the the Pharisees are asking Jesus, you know, how, prove who you are. And so what, what proof do you give? Verse 18, they said to him, what sign do you show that seeing that you do these things? And Jesus said, 
answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, then the Jews said, Forty-six years was the temple in building. You're going to build it in three days. And he spoke, but he spoke of the temple of his body. So Jesus very, very clearly says that he will destroy his body, and three days later he will raise himself from the dead. How does a dead person do that? The simple reality is, and the simple answer to this question is, that a dead person does not do that. A dead human being does not do that. And what we've got to understand about Jesus is the difference between Jesus and us. Okay, so Jesus was made in all points like as we are. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says that, um, yet without sin. And so Jesus became a human being like you and I. Uh, the Bible continues to go on, and in John chapter 14, you're going to find the Bible says that, you know, when you've seen these miracles that I've done, you will do greater miracles than the miracles that I've done. That's what Jesus says. And so we find that all of the miracles that Jesus does, all of the things that he says, all of his actions and words and so forth, come from the Father. He relies on the power of his Father because he is living his life here on this earth as a human being. Does that mean that Jesus was not God? Clearly not, because there are times where Jesus receives worship. You can only do that if you are God. There are times when Jesus does things like forgive sins. You can only do that if you are God. But Jesus lived his life here on this earth as a human being, and he left his divinity in heaven. He left it behind in heaven and became a human being, lived here on this earth. Okay, now here's the important point. If he has left his divinity behind in heaven, his divinity has not ceased to exist. At any point, he can reach out, grab hold of that, and use it. But at no point does he do so until the resurrection. You see, it is impossible for divinity to die. Jesus died as a human being. He was stone dead as a human being, but his divinity was still alive. And it was his divinity that brought him back to life. Uh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all three persons of the Godhead were all involved in the resurrection. The Bible says that all three of them were active at the time of the resurrection. Okay, how do we wrap our, our brain around that? How do you have a human being who is here on this earth who is 100% human and is still God and has a divinity that is in heaven? You don't wrap your brain around it because you're not God. That's the whole point. If you try and if you could, you would be God. You are not God, and so you cannot. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we probably couldn't pick a better song to go with that question of the day. We're coming to the end of the show. Lawson's going to bring you something entirely for free. It looks like he has a door over there. It's a door. Well, it's a it's a keyhole. It's a key in a door. With a keyhole. With a, a keyhole, sorry. With a key in the keyhole. And the title of this book is Beyond Death's Door, The Hope of Reunion by Gerald Wheeler. So very much related to what we've been talking about in our Bible study and what we've been talking about uh, today. If you want to know what is beyond, de beyond death's door, according to what the Bible says, pick this book up absolutely free. All you have to do is be fast. You don't have to answer any questions. You just have to be fast. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. The first caller through will give them this book absolutely for free. Beyond Death's Door by Gerald 
Wheeler. Again, that number is 0491-064-669. The first caller through will get this book absolutely for free. Okay, so give us a call right now. And, of course, as we come to the end of the show, just want to say it's great to be back with you guys. I have missed you all. It's great to have you, Lyle. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you feel it's that way, Lawson. Good to get it break from that really big guy <laughs> in here for a little while. Nah, Blake, is, Blake has been doing an awesome <laughs> job. I just want to say a massive thank you to Blake, actually, for oh, the dude, time there. killing it. Yeah, he's, he's been doing an amazing job, mm. so praise God for that. And uh, you'll have more to hear from Blake, I'm sure, mm-hmm. as time progresses. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it is. It's, it's fantastic to be back here and a part of the Breakfast Show again. And also I want to remind everybody, as I always do, that if you want to study more of the Bible, you want to get deeper into it, Give us a call. We can set that up mm. for you. Lawson will come and study with you in the Newcastle area. <laughs> He's been coming on a Bible study with me lately. We've been having a great time together. Mm. That's been awesome and fantastic. And so we can arrange that or we can arrange small groups or online or however you want to do it. Just do it. And don't forget, as you go through this day, to remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith. You'll grow strong in Jesus. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.